The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Thanks for uh, listening and calling, participating in today's show. Another Bears Monday, unfortunately. Another loss. Too many of these. Thanks to Black and Abdallah. Guys are on tonight, of course, because it's uh, Bears Night in Chicago. And they're on the road. One of our favorite places, Southwest Side, the great, the legendary 115 Bourbon Street. Yeah. And Lance Briggs will be their guest. Ooh, equally legendary. Yeah. So Lance was in here earlier today. He was... Yurko was venting, and Lance came up behind him, started massaging him, saying, oh, "Calm down, big fella. Calm that. down." Did uh, Lance clarify his grades? Were those really his grades? They were. I think he's going to do it with Black and Abdallah tonight. There's going to be a little clarification on the grades for tonight. Is that, didn't he tell you guys that, Chris? Yeah, he said he'll address yeah, it. Yeah, he's going to address yeah. the grades. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because those were crazy grades. I saw Cap retweet them yesterday. Mm. I don't know what he's thinking it's with those grades. Teacher, you want to have, isn't it? I know. Yeah, it's oh, teacher, I want to explain to the children what the grades are. Then. He was giving A's and B's out to everybody. To who? Well, the, to the, the, the defense played okay. Yeah, yeah the, the defense played really he, I well. I think he gave coaching a B or an A. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think he gave the, off, the offense. He gave an A or a B. No, we're going to ask. Yes, he did. Yes, he Lance. did. Lance. We're going to. I'm. We're going to ask the coach about some of the protection things that you guys talked about. Do you, like two you, of the you three. Two of saying? yes. Like two I of the Yurk three. Play. I said, Yurk, I don't get two, two of them. Two of the three turnovers. I showed Sylvie the other one. The the Bajan fumble. The Bajan fumble. Did they do the they same turn, thing? I they, well, they turn a lineman completely loose. And once again, as the good kid showed you, you've got Borum kicking out to a, a, a safety or guy. a linebacker. And then the guy closer to the quarterback. I don't, I don't, I don't so, get it. So, I, I mean, what we need to know is, is this the, player error or is this an unsound protection the, scheme? The lineman up the middle, then, yes. is is left for the running back. Big on big, guys. That's well, all. That's well, simple. It, yeah. And it's it doesn't make sense. Like, and I, and I should. I said, Yurk, I'm not wrong, right? I don't know. Nope. Like, is there? You're could there wrong. be this? You know, now, that's no, that would be big. Gonna big. Is yeah. that an exec- a player execution error, or is it an unsound or, protection? Or, 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 or are they? Oh, wow. are they your, your, your problem was right. Definitely went out. Yes, definitely. And, 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 did the same one, and twenty-one. Definitely stepped inside. So yes. that's what I and then was tepid in his approach to yeah, you need uh, you, getting Daniel Hunter. It, it may be an unsound philosophy, but Foreman's got to give me more. Right, well, that's that's you, can't, yeah. you can't catch. Yeah, that's yeah. what he said. You got you to get, get to the higher end. Yes. I'm yeah. like the very worst. You saw him half. Yes. And your quarterback and gets knows up and gets get rid of the ball. Yeah. yeah. Because the play is there because DJ runs a you know a, a hitch and go and it has a step on the corner and Tunyon's standing by himself. It's third and two. And Tunyon is standing by himself. So either and I know what Justin was reading on that point, because he knows he's got DJ in single coverage and DJ actually runs a good route. But he's got a guy in his lap. He's got a guy in his lap. Justin. Either you can't throw it or you, or, or in a perfect world, you throw it quicker to Tunyon standing in the... Ah, but, you, but, but like, yeah. look, I mean, I got to get more from, you know, this is one of the reasons why Roshan Johnson was going to get more reps than a lot of guys is because mm-hmm. he was more sound in a lot of areas. Like, if you're a running back, you still got to be able to block and receive. You know? good. So it's we'll just, figure it, it out. It's, it's all, any bit of, anytime you want to start to feel good about this team these last couple of years... This is the result. Boy, they, I, you know, was, I was bought in. I was drinking the Kool Aid. Well, I had every but, but, Bears bet imaginable. Oh, I had a DJ why? Moore over. 
Uh, 55 I yards. I told you not to bet the Well, that's fine. DJ Moore over 55 yards. Can't bet Bears against the spread, Sylvie. Have you learned nothing? I had uh, the Bears plus three. No, stop it. Have you learned nothing? I told yeah, you. We made mo- but we made money on the Bears against Washington. Yeah, but on a week-to-week basis, nobody no, underperforms more than them, you guys. Like, Carm, it's, it's a losing proposition with Carm, them. I, I asked this on, on Friday. If you aren't going to find a way to win two <laughs> in a row, you say it. I, if not now, when? I, I heard you Never. say it. And you certainly played well enough to win. Your defense Absolutely. certainly did. They threw a shutout in the second half. I mean... They held him to two of thirteen on third downs, two hundred twenty total yards. yards of play. Four yards of play. Yes, and you lost. Yeah. Do you know what? The, do you know the last division win? I was. Yeah, I had to be a long time ago. Twenty twenty one. Thanksgiving of twenty twenty one. You yeah. guys. Thanksgiving of twenty twenty one. The last time they beat a team in their division. It's a long and time. And so Sylvie's right. Like every time we, why do we drink the Kool Aid? You want to buy in a little because we love this team, and it's like, and then this happens. I heard you guys talking about the first play as well, which just oh. is infuriating because it just puts you behind the eight ball from the start. Is there any other explanation than the one you guys gave? Like I can't think of one. That Eberflus. That, I don't know. You guys might have been in your meeting by the time Eberflus came on, and you guys are going to talk to him. Yeah. Eberflus diagnosed it. Exactly the way you're. It's on the quarterback. One hundred. So the ball cuts. Like that's part of protection is your quarterback awareness. One hundred percent. So he did. He did say that's on the quarterback to. Yeah. Well, he didn't say it that way, but as Eberflus would say it. Yeah. He diagnosed it the same way the band with the boiler said it. Like he it? said, you're you looking, the quarterback's looking at it. How low are your shorts, low, too? Oh, you never seen it below the bin back. Yeah, I always know. wear my shorts you below my bin back. There. You didn't know that? What kind of question is that? <laughs> Have you ever been fat? You know exactly where you wear your shorts. Put them below the bin back. Try being fat one day for a little <laughs> no, bit. No, no yeah. thanks. No thanks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he said, uh, well, where do you wear your <laughs> shorts? <laughs> well, around my waist, you jackaloon. Where else do people wear them? That's not really around your waist. That's low. That's low. lower. Please, their own. What, that's not my waist? Well, it's a little lower. Right here on my hips? I mean, what's going on? I mean, your waist is It's like underneath my iliac crest. I mean, I'm not going to wear them above my iliac crest, am I? <laughs> Who would ever wear their pants above their iliac exactly. crest? Exactly. That's <laughs> not to be what a your, What's your iliac crest? Iliac crest. What is right it? Here. a lunatic. It's top of your hip. Oh, okay. Right yeah. there. They, oh, they, you can't wear your shorts up there. They fall down. Not. I know. I, would, I didn't fall down. If you do right that, you like you. Who doesn't know that's the iliac crest? What are you guys? I didn't Sleeping? Sleeping in biology class? Yes. That might have been that might have been the year Guilty. they started taking expectations from students down <laughs> to nothing. biology or anatomy? Biology? Both. Yeah. Both. Well, anatomy, biology. Anatomy. What's okay. the difference? Yeah. Both, biology. Well, I don't know. I'm... What's the difference? I mean, I they know. break it down once you get to college. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, I didn't have take anatomy. I didn't have an anatomy class in, in high school. I no, had biology, biology class where we covered some anatomy. I took botany because I thought that botany. would be easier. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> so it's like, I'm like plants. It's not. I'm in. And then it was more boring. Yeah, that's a lot yeah, of chemistry. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a D. Yeah. That was oh, a, yeah. That's, are you kidding me? <laughs> botany. That's botany. a lot of cells. I was happy with the D. Cross pollination. Just got by. You're working on all types of crazy things. I was happy with the D. This is guy over here. Plants. D's get degrees. You may not get you into college, but you did go to Southern. Yeah. Well, no, hey. no, that got me. That got me a degree at Southern. Yeah, yeah. That's I made the dean's list then. Eventually, get out of Southern. All you need is a heartbeat and a checkbook. Okay, that's okay. it. Eastern <laughs> Illinois is the best. Yeah, yeah. Know, over there. Getting to Oxford. We're a directional school. Have you guys heard about the We're uh, road, directional have school? Have you heard about the road, road scholars, scholars that they yeah. do at Eastern Illinois? Sure. Did you guys, I'm still it, chasing it, my degree. It's the I fifty seven road. I'm still chasing my degree. The ROAD scholar. Yeah, smarter ones didn't have to travel six hours. We only travel three. How about that? Now, that's funny. The dumb ones had to go six hours. That's pretty funny. Yeah, you're welcome.
See, I got to hey, I got to reply for everything, Carm. You do. Go ahead and bring you, it. You I def- will. I will you definitely do. Are you kidding me? With the bin back says. Hey, five years, hundred and sixty some odd credits, still no degree. Yeah, well, still chasing well, it, boys. I mean, you got to get because still your number, your number will get retired if you yeah. get the degree. I don't care about it, my number ever being Why? Because every time I go there, I want to see the sixty-seven on the field, mm-hmm. and that's what I was. Oh. So they won't retire your number. Sixty-seven. No, they never said. They've never said that. No, he said. He that. thinks oh. it'd be easier if you if, if I made a nice, sizable donation yeah. to the university. You don't that good luck. things become easier. No good luck. Not yeah. one penny ever. No. no. Can you see? No. You're talking no. to the wrong guy. You're make yeah. a donation. Why would you be buying? I feel like well, that's what's holding three there. kids to pay for. Why am I all, donating? All I said Where is, am I donating? Why money? isn't his number retired? Yeah. yeah. And Should he be. replied to me because I haven't graduated. Mm. Yeah, I haven't graduated. So I, I retire his number, Eastern. What are you waiting for? Yeah, Eastern. I don't want my number retired. I told you I like he it was when the I go MVC there player of the year. Well, what if they did the was in the MVC? The gateway. The old, the Excuse gateway. the Gateway Conference Player of the Year. He's trying that to be he's, straight. He's I, I to was compliment a, you. I, I cover me the and Gateway. Me Kurt Warner, my friend. Yes, indeed. My and man, Ken, Kenny Shed. Brian Cox. Kenny Shed. Hey, Brian Cox. And Brian Cox, Bryce Morris, Pop. Western Illinois. Bryce Pop. It was a good conference. James Jones, Rodney Harrison. for Baltimore right? back oh, in the James day. Jones. Rodney did. He was supposed to go to Ohio State. Rodney was supposed to go to Ohio State. Things didn't work out so well, so he went to Western Illinois. That's right. Love Bruce it. Craddock. He's still angry Remember about Bruce it, Bruce Craddock? That I don't. Bruce Craddock was the head coach at Western Illinois that brought him out there. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I used Same. to do the Gateway Conference. Frankie uh, Winters. Coach. I Coach's show. Where did Frankie you? go? Frankie? Frankie went to Western. Western? Yeah, Western Illinois. Frankie Winters. Macomb. Fish out of water for Frankie there. I bet. Kid from New Jersey. I bet. In the corn in Can the cornfields of Macomb. I mean, you're driving out to Western Illinois. You see nothing but cornfields yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. All of a sudden, what did Frankie distance, do for fun? About 15 miles out, you'd see a building yeah. sticking up out of the sky. Oh, are you guys talking to yeah. Coach? Okay, yeah, he's we'll, ready. We'll get out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Peace out, guys. Right. Coach's right. show's next. All right, uh, let's uh, let's bring him in right now. The the head coach of the Chicago Bears joining us right now. He joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Matt Eberflus joining Waddle and Sylvie right now. Coach, how you feeling today? Uh, doing all right, fellas. Thank you. Um, why don't you give us the update? We heard your press conference on uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, so really, uh, you know, just the same, this much is the same right there. Just dislocated his thumb. Uh, we got the X-ray yesterday um, after the game. That was that was negative. Uh, then the MRI was today, and uh, we don't have a timetable right now. And uh, really, he's uh, it's going to come down to grip strength uh, to see what he can do at the end of the week. There's obviously natural swelling that occurs um, during that, and uh, we're going to have to let, wait and see to the end of the week to see where he is. Did so- you, did, did you have um? Did you find uh, ligament damage in the MRI? Yeah, so, yeah, right now we're looking at uh, everything. It really comes down to grip strength, you know. So the MRI, you know, I'm not going to talk about detail of the, of, the, of the exact MRI, what's going on there, but um, it, it looks, it looks, you know, uh, to be, uh, we have to wait and see um, to, at the end of the week. And we'll see where it is then, and we'll, we'll make our steps from there. You know, right now I said during the press conference also that it's, you know, is it doubtful that he's going to play this week? Probably. Um, but we'll see where it is at the end of the week. We have to give it time. Uh, to see exactly where this thing is uh, by the end of the week. It's going to come down to his grip strength. Coach, would it be fair to say that, that Tyson Bajant will get all of the the starters' reps? And, and on top of that, how did you believe he played on Sunday, yesterday? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, if he's if he's going to be the guy, he's going to get every single rep. And uh, you know, certainly, I thought, you know, when he's played during the game, I thought, you know, a little bit of a, of a rough start there, you know, uh, to start the game. But I think he really settled in, um, you know, once he got in there, and he showed some great poise, showed great demeanor, had good command of the huddle. Um, I thought he made some really nice passes in there. Um, and again, he, he has, you know, his escapability was good. He showed his athleticism there. So I thought overall, you know, taking the, our, our, t- our team down there and scoring, you know, obviously we had some good runs, had some good, you know, had a good third down conversion there. So overall, I thought he really showed some good promise. Based on the fact that you want to see how Justin is at the end of the week, is it safe to say that Justin's going to avoid an IR stay? Yeah, we don't have all that information yet. We really don't. So we really truly have to evaluate this thing uh, at the end of the week, and then we'll see where it is from there. Coach, uh, let's get into some of what we saw yesterday. DJ Moore was not a factor in the first half. Um, Was that because his number wasn't called, or was it more Justin missing opportunities to get him the ball? Um, No, I would not say his number wasn't called. You know, they did some things where they were over top of him a bunch of times. uh, But, you know, certainly, uh, you know, when you want have a player like him, we want to be able to target him. And we end up getting him targets at the end of it. But uh, certainly in the beginning of the game, we want to do a better job of, uh, you know, targeting him. As far as the snaps are concerned, um, this this would seem to be something basic. You've got to get the snaps to the quarterback in, in a way where he doesn't have to worry where they're coming. What is going on with the snaps? Yeah, so really it's just, you know, a function of, you know, fundamentals. You know, really, um, you know, if it's Cody or if it's Lucas right there, you know, the, the ability to, when you have a guy over top of you, to be able to snap the ball accurately, you know, and, and making sure it get back there in a timely manner. So the pace of it matters, you know, and the location of it matters, and we just got to be more consistent with that for sure. Is oh, it, go ahead. I was going to say, is there any chance that Dan Feeney or Doug Kramer get an opportunity to play that position? Yeah, we'll look at all of our uh, of the depth of that this week. You know, obviously with Nate Davis, you know, being out with a high ankle sprain, uh, we are obviously going to look at different combinations, and we'll decide that as we go through today and tomorrow before we get to Wednesday's practice for sure. But, uh, you know, Feeney, we, we like where he is. You know, Doug's been working his, his tail off. So we'll see where it is, and we'll make the best possible, uh, you know, you know, adjustment that we can do uh, based on the guys we have available to us. Matt Eberflus joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. I appreciate, Coach, that you're a player's coach. Um, we've always heard that about you. Um, we have talked on this show, me specifically, about accountability. Uh, a lot of fans have, have mentioned that they would also prefer you to stand up uh, after a game and just say, look, Cody wasn't good. And Cody was replaced because his snapping was terrible. Why not just stand up and say that that was unacceptable? Yeah, I would say that, you know, Cody during the course of the game, you know, um, it was operating, you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, Lucas was in concussion protocol, you know, during the course of the week. So he wasn't in a lot of meetings. You know, because, you know, he's not allowed to be. So that was a little bit of a situation for us, you know, going into the week. And, uh, again, once Tyson got in there, we decided that was best for the football team, uh, you know, to put him uh, in there to kind of settle him down. Um, Because at that point in the third quarter, we did have a few bad snaps um, in there. We decided to put Lucas in there. And, again, that wasn't the the total reason for it, but we thought it would do a good job of settling Tyson down. 
Um, and it did. And they did a good job with us scoring a touchdown there. As much work as you put in, Coach, isn't it frustrating to you that you can't get a, a snap accurately back to the quarterback? Yeah, like I said, it all comes down to fundamentals. You know, the pace and the accuracy has to be better, and we're certainly going to work on that. Coach, how about the protection uh, that we saw? You knew that the Vikings were obviously going to bring a pressure package. It, it looked as if two of the three turnovers were a result of the quarterback being pressured. Was that a, a, a product of player error, or was there some unsound protection plan going in? Yeah, I would just say that with, with those, you know, the, the two uh, takeaways there that they had, which are obviously huge in the game, we just got to do a better job as a group. You know, uh, the protection was sound. Uh, we got to do a good job of calling it right, you know, at the line of scrimmage and making sure we got our bigs on our bigs and then the, our, our, you know, running back on the, on the guys in the, on the perimeter, which is their secondary players. So again, we got, it's all of us together. We got to do a better job of it for sure. Is that a result of maybe having backs that haven't gotten many snaps being put into game, uh, situations? Um, you know, it's it's really all encompassing. It's about the you know the line setting, the protection, and then you know the guys operating and doing a good job on those particular two plays. That's what it is. Who sets your protection, coach? Um, the the center does. You know, the center sets it, and the quarterback can also also ride override that too. You know, he can set it too and ripples it and change the protection as well. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, those two guys that are in charge of the protection. Look, we're just a couple of boobs on the radio, so when we watch the all twenty two, like we're big-time head coaches, when we see then one of your offensive linemen block the blitzer and then the big is being blocked by the running back, as you just mentioned, that's a mistake and that's not the way you guys draw it up. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. You want your bigs to block the bigs and then your, your backs to block the perimeter, no question. How, how do you um, – That's. A, that's the way it's always, you know, you know, you know, nine times out of ten, that's going to be that way um, with any protection that you're drawing up for sure. How do you how do you protect from those mistakes happening again? Well, it's just repetition, right? Being consistent, repetition, and, you know, and making sure we're all on the same page. You know, and it comes down to all eleven of us making sure we're doing the, doing the job right, so we can protect in a solid fashion and get the ball down the field. And that's also, you know, you got to be able to react if something breaks down. Um, at the quarterback level, you got to be able to react, okay, and get the ball underneath, or you know, or get the ball, you know, just an incomplete pass is okay in those situations if something breaks down. We talked about Justin's injury, but but rewinding back to to watching him play, he really didn't build on the good things he did in the previous two games. Is there a good explanation for that, Coach? Yeah, you know, it's really you know uh, for us is you know about being consistent, you know, and about understanding that we have to do a better job, you know, during the game, you know, uh, of of. Uh, you know, adjusting and making sure we're squared away with that pressure uh, package that they gave us. And, again, we have to do a better job of that. And, again, uh, it's an overall team effort. You know, defensively, I thought we played very well um, at times. We were much better on third down. We had, had a really good job of, you know, of uh, making them kick field goals. And uh, we did a decent job of taking the ball away. They didn't give us the one. Yeah. Um, I thought we played with great energy. I thought we tackled well. Um, there's a lot of good play by the secondary. Um, you know, so I thought it was good to have those guys back. Uh, but again, it's a, it's a whole team effort, and we got to do a better job as a football team playing complementary football. You know, we do get those turnovers in the plus area, 
you know, or get it, get them backed up and get that ball punt and pinned right there. You know, we got to do a better job of, of turning that into points. Um, you know, they had 13 points off of their turnovers. We had zero off of ours, and that's really where the game was. When 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 you get screwed like you got screwed, and I don't know if you could say it, but I can on that takeaway because you got screwed. That's inconclusive, and they're not supposed to flip that. Um, do you guys send that to the league office and ask for an answer? Yeah, we always, you know, there's always a handful of plays every week we send to the league for sure, and we get our answers back, you know, and uh, certainly that'll be one of them. But when they overturned it and said it was, you know, clear and obvious um, there, um, again, you know, it didn't look to be clear and obvious to us, but that's where they called it, and that's what it is, and uh, we, we had to adjust from there. But, again, that was a big play in the game for sure. Um, a lot of people were, were uh, looking for a big name with the analyst position, like – some names like Lovey were coming up, Leslie Frazier, um, other names that you're familiar with. You you picked Phil Snow, who is the defensive coordinator of Carolina. We seem to have a good relationship with Carolina these days. Um, who is Phil Snow, and why'd you settle on him? Yeah, Phil Snow is a, is, is a friend that I've known for you know through uh, Rod Marinelli. Um, he worked for Rod way back in, in you know in the NFL um, a long time ago, and uh, you know so that's where I got to know him a little bit. But uh, again, I've always uh, liked his defenses. They've always played you know uh, at a high level, and certainly believes in the same things we believe in. Um, but also his expertise, you know, in terms of being in college, um, I certainly, certainly brings that another another look of how to do things. And uh, certainly had, had some really good defenses also in college there. So, But he's going to be an analyst for us. So he's going to be a guy that does advanced scouting um, ahead of time for us in the, in the upcoming opponent. And he's going to give us uh, reports and summaries based on, you know, certain situations, first and second down, third down, red zone, two minute, you know, and his thoughts of how to attack them, you know, front coverage and pressure. And I think it's going to be a, a, a good way for us to get ahead of the week here coming forward. And I'm, I'm about to meet with him here in about 20 minutes. And uh, certainly that's going to be going to meet with all the coaches and that'll give us a head start on, on the Raiders. Coach, you uh, feel like you're finding your rhythm as a defensive play caller. And, and what leads you to be confident that you guys can replicate what you guys did yesterday on that side of the ball? Yeah, I'll just, you know, we get our guys back. You know, we got a lot of guys back, which allowed us to do different things in coverage. Um, I think that was that was probably a big part of it. You know, the continuity piece is starting to come together. Um, you know, we're getting our rhythm, you know, in terms of being a defensive staff and, you know, how we're operating, uh, you know, during the course of the week. You know, so I think all those things are playing into it. And uh, again, this is a week to week league and uh, we got to do a good job this week. Uh, Coach, before we let you go and we appreciate your time, just doubling back to Justin on the grip strength issue that you're going to test at the end of the week. Is that a pain tolerance thing or is that more of a, a hand functionality thing? I would just say it's really both. You know, it's really both. It is a pain tolerance thing that it really is. You know, can he function? You know, and you know he's able to to do the things that a quarterback does. You know, and obviously that's his right hand, and that's a that's a big part of it. And it's it's both. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Uh, have a good week of practice. All right. Thanks, coach. All right. Thank you. Yep. You there you go. It. There's a Matt Eberflus. Um So. There's, there's stuff there. Yeah, one of the big issues that I wanted to find out is, is whether or not they were coaching their protection to be smalls on bigs. He told you flat out twice that we coach our guys to go big on big. Yeah, that was so what probably you the saw, best stuff we got. So what you saw basically, and we can elaborate on this when we come back. If, I, if, yeah, I want you to come up with a theory for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A believable theory? 
Yeah, I want real. you to you rack your brain okay. as, as you heard. That is not the way the Bears coach them to protect. And and, and those are two impactful plays that absolutely. swayed the game. No question. Uh, one on the fumble by Bajent and one on the interception before the half. And to me, I thought the game was lost right before the half. That's a 9-13 to 13 point swing, if you think about it. The Bears are going in for a minimum of three before the half, maybe six or seven. And then instead, the interception because of the blown protection. And then the Vikings get six on the other end. So that's anywhere to yeah. a 9 to a 13-point swing because the Vikings missed the extra point. So why is that not being executed right? And I want Waddle to come up with a theory. If you want to react to the Eberflus question and answer conversation, 312-332-3776. If you want to react to the game, be our guest. The, the Bears... Big picture wise, uh, we have some extended uh, time for you to talk to us today, as we always do on Bears Monday. We'll set the table for you coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Low snap, and they're all coming. Pressure hold. No, nope. it hit him as the ball goes in the air. It's going to be intercepted. Plucked out of the air by the linebacker. At the 15-yard line to the 20, and it's intercepted by Jordan Hicks, and the Vikings take the ball away thanks to six-man pressure that got home and hit the quarterback, Justin Fields, as he was throwing the ball. Takes away a golden opportunity to get a touchdown on the board. Shotgun again. Second to three. Ten-yard line left to right for Minnesota. Bears with their safeties back. Snap back. Good pressure by Jones. Throws to the end zone. Wide open. Caught for the touchdown. Left side of the end zone. Jordan Addison, the rookie with his fourth touchdown catch of the season. Got away from Tyreek Stevenson. Had a 10-yard touchdown. The first touchdown of the game at a 12-6 Minnesota lead. Sometimes you have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter, but sometimes you may have lost the game in the second quarter. And maybe the Bears lost the game just before half. With that, uh, you know, 9-13 to 13 point swing there. You're just taking the ball away, something we don't see them do quite a bit. Right. And one of your prize free agents gets the interception. You got to go in. You got to get three there. You got to go into halftime with the lead. Um, maybe you get a, a touchdown there. Um, and then you don't even do that. And then you blow the protection, as Matt Eberflus just told us. Eberflus joins us every Monday now at 210. Um, and, and, and he told you that's, and Yurko did a really good job on Carmen and Yurko that, um, he would, like, if, if that's the way they're diagramming it and the way it happened was Darnell Wright moved over at right tackle to take on the blitzing linebacker, leaving the running back to the defensive end. And Yurko explained, no, no, you always have your tackle block the big. The defensive end and and the blitzer then is picked up. The linebacker is blitzed up by the running back, and that happened twice in the game where it the happened, Bears botched it. Yes, it happened on two of the turnovers. It happened more than twice over the course of the game. And but but on the two big turnovers, absolutely. I, I mean, and, and you can see it like as the plays developing. Right kicks out to the blitzing linebacker and leaves Deontay Foreman to block. Daniil Hunter, and look, as I said before, is that a, is that a, and, and Yurko, you know, talked about it quite eloquently. Is it a tough assignment? Yes, but you got to get more out of Foreman. Like, you've, you, you can't stand and catch. You got to go get him. 
But even so, as you heard the coach say, that's not how it's taught. And then if you go back to the strip sack fumble returned for a touchdown, they just turned the defensive tackle loose. Because once again, Borum was kicking out to the outside. The running back did the right thing, turned to the outside, and there was nobody to take on the defensive they, tackle. They ignored the tackle. Yes. They so ignored was, the tackle. It like, should have been big on big, big on big, big on big, running back to the outside, blitzing linebacker, and they turned the defensive tackle loose. I can't imagine that. So, like, I believe the coach when he says, we're not, we don't teach it that way. And as Yurko said earlier today as well, He's never seen it, and I've never seen where you would ask consistently a small, meaning a running back or somebody else, to block a big. It's always big on big, small on small. So who's and screwing that up? That's player mistake. That's a player error. Well, is is it the player who is sliding over? Is it the protect the person calling the protection? Like that's why I asked, and you 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 brought it up in the meeting. Who calls their protections? The center can't even snap the football. Is well, the center giving them the right protection? Well, regardless, your your fundamentals are the same. Regardless of what you want to call your protection, bigs are always going to be asked to block bigs. So there's no excuse for a big blocking a small and a small blocking a big. And I know we're getting in the weeds with this, but it's like this is why I think it's really convenient when the quarterback doesn't play well that everyone automatically screams the offensive coordinator sucks. Game plan, coaches. Yeah, game plan sucks. Well, how about that some of the players that are making a handsome sum of money actually do their jobs? And the truth is somewhere always in the middle. Again, I said it the last couple of weeks. You know, nobody's going to confuse Lucchetti for Shanahan. I get that. But when things are good and they rack up over 900 yards of offense in two games against Washington and, and Denver, everything is, is rosy, right? Justin's playing great and Getsy's calling a really great game. And then they come out and they throw this thing out there at you yesterday. And automatically you want to you want to remove the quarterback from any of the culpability of the offensive line or the running backs and blame it all on the coaching staff. Like the head coach just told you, they teach it this way: bigs on bigs, smalls on smalls. We just gave you two examples that turned into game-changing turnovers. Where, where Darnell Wright, you're very good, but but inexperienced rookie right tackle. The first turnover, he went out to a small and left the running back to block a big, and the strip sack fumble. They just cut a, a defensive tackle completely loose. Those are impact. Plays, yes. The difference making plays so, in the game. So do you I'm, I mean, if you're asking the question, do do I think that they were coached to execute the plays like that? My guess would be no. Are they being coached enough to drill it home? Like we always talk about discipline when when a team is penalized a lot. It's a, a bad reflection on the coach. Absolutely. If a team is making mistakes during a game where they're not doing their assignment the right way, then that'll stick with the coaches as well. There's no doubt. Again, the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. Like the first play of the game is just maddening where where you know that that coming into the game, Brian Flores is the most aggressive defensive coordinator in the entire league. They were blitzing on, I believe, 52 or 56 percent of the all snaps. They ended up blitzing better than 70 percent of the snaps against us because I think that they felt like they could confuse our young offensive line and our quarterback, and our entire offense. And you've prepped now for 10 days, and this is the first play. So now you've had all the all these days to prep, and you've had 10 days to get ready, and it's it's play one. You're ready. Play right? one. You've got the, you've got go. the football. They've got six guys at the line of scrimmage. 
as Johnny was calling it, kind of a mug look from the middle linebacker. When the ball snapped, all six come forward. The middle linebacker goes 1,000, 1,002 and drops out. So he's trying to make you commit to him. From what I understand, the, the, you know, it is drawn up so that the guy on the end of the line is the responsibility of the quarterback. And that means that the play is hot from his perspective. So the ball's got to come out quick. And he didn't even, he either didn't recognize what he was seeing. Or he just failed to execute it properly. And and I when I watched that play when it happened, I was like, I don't understand this. This isn't sound. When I watched it again, my first thought was, well, that's got to be the quarterback has to be responsible for one of these guys. Just get the ball out quick. And and Yurko's a better, you know, has a better understanding of this from a, a line of scrimmage, you know, perspective than I do. So to hear him say what he said kind of confirmed my feeling that. Hey, look, part of pass protection is your quarterback knowing when to get in and out of plays, when to go hot, when to do a lot of different things. That's why it's the most difficult position to play in all of professional sports, because a lot is asked of that guy. That's why when guys play it at a very high level, they make tens of millions of dollars. And to start the game like that, the first thing you do is you take your hand and you smack it against your forehead and go, oh, no, is this the way today's going to be? And sometimes, you know, they pull the nose, you know, up and they find a way to, to get out of the, you know, the Because then he, he ran for a first down yes. right after that. Yes. And you're like, okay, okay, yes. go, all right, all right, we're good now. Now, well, then ultimately it turned into a third and 15 at some point right. because they yeah, gave up another sack. Him. Right, it was second and 15 and then there was another bad play and, yeah, then you're playing from behind the sticks and then you're punting. Yes, you had another example, I think, of a protection mistake on second and 15, low snap yeah, I wrote this down. Running back completely ignores his pass pro responsibility or it was not executed correctly. And then on third and 15, they run a smoke screen to Tyler Scott and he drops it. And that's how we start the game yesterday. Yes, yes. And, 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 it, and it drives me crazy. Like, we expect to build a Super Bowl team. <laughs> yes. We expect to build sustained winning. We can't even get to the football to the quarterback properly. <laughs> Like this is this is like little league pee wee yes. football stuff. Yes. This is a football. This is how you snap it to the quarterback. Think about the basic stuff. This, Carmen was talking about the uh, when you talk about basic press conference stuff and like just platitudes of talking about football, like winning division games, winning home games. The Bears can't win a a singular home game. The Bears can't win a singular division game. How the hell are you expecting to win a division? You can't win a singular division game. You can protect your home field. You can't win a singular home game. You can't build a sustained, successful team. You can't get a football to your quarterback without it being high, without it being low, without it being to the side. And then your coach is going up saying, well, you know, we just fell that the center uh, was better served because he was in concussion protocol. Well, yesterday so he only also... would get him back and maybe he'd be more comfortable with Tyson Bajan. Just say that he sucked and it's unacceptable yeah. and we need... 
to get him off the field. We also said that, you know, Luke, they wanted to go to Lucas Patrick because he had more experience. And the truth is, Cody Whitehair has had significantly more snaps in his career. Of course. Than Patrick. So well, it's, like, and it's so we want to do all these grandiose things of building this this football team and rebuilding it and building it up. And you can't do the basics of protecting your home field, winning a division game, and snapping a football? I charted five bad snaps that directly either killed the play or completely derailed it because the quarterback was completely out of kind of rhythm with what he was being asked to do. Yeah, snapping a football, big on big, protecting your home field, winning a division game. You want to what? You want to win a Super Bowl? It's a shame, too, because that's probably the best, most complete defensive effort I've seen from this Bears team with this staff in place over the last but, but year But you plus. know how it goes. I know this. Once we compliment one thing, it's like, what, just, what, what's the whole thing? The kid with the dam, plugging up the hole in the da- holes in the dam. What was that whole thing about when they told us? his finger in one spot. Yeah, and, yeah. then there, there's another leak. We thought the offense was fixed. What? Listen, I'm not projecting any greatness here. I'm just saying they wasted the best defensive effort that this team has had under this coaching so staff. As soon as you plug another hole, there's another problem that's going to go wrong. Just when you think the offense is fine, you know, the defense allows Denver to come back. Or they allow nearly another comeback against Washington. Did now we, the defense gets better. Now the offense can't block big on big. And they can't get out of their own way. I don't way. think anybody's been sold on any, you know, well, two games we pointing can, in the right direction. You feel good about it. And you're asking, let's build on this. Well, we both picked the Bears. I did. Absolutely. We were sold, at least in the small scale, that they would win this game. Absolutely. I'm not sold on that, all of their problems I'm being a, solved. I'm not going over the top complimenting the defense today. I'm done with this. Well, l- I'm listen, done. I'm done throwing bouquets out. It's for, for in this losing way of of the oh well. The silver lining to this is at least the defense. What I said was is that this team wasted the best defensive effort that this group has put out there since this. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at them. I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's reality. That's the reality of this situation is is that you finally got a really good defensive effort and you wasted it because the complimentary part of your team couldn't handle their business, so which has been their trademark. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. 312-332-3776. We just want nice things. We just want a good football team that we can all get behind um, and and they may be further away than they've ever been. Haven't won a division game in 11 tries. Now. It's incredible. I'll give you the dates of everything. Um, we've got extended time, um, some in- uninterrupted um, Waddle and Sylvie for you to get to all your calls. Your thoughts on Eberflus, uh, as you just heard him, and, and I, I, I'm still confused about, like, they were a little more forthright with Justin's availability or lack thereof. But still, they don't want to tell you too much about the MRI. They just want to tell you about grip strength. But they're not ruling out the IR either. Your quarterback just dislocated his thumb on his throwing hand. I find it, like, remarkably difficult to believe that he'll be back anytime soon. So why are they saying that we're testing it at the end of the week? This is like... 
the Alan Williams stuff when they knew that he was going to resign, but they kept telling you we have no update on the defensive coordinator. If this was his left thumb and he dislocated it, my, I'd, I'd follow along and say, yeah, we'll test him. He'll probably be back sooner rather than later. To think of that you dislocated the thumb on your throwing hand and you're a quarterback? I hope for the best, but I... I find it hard to believe that this won't keep him out for a bit. Three three two three seven seven six. All your phone calls next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Zero defensive backs deep as Justin takes the snap with time. Now running out of time. Throw it! From behind and down he goes. He got rid of the football as he was going down to the ground. Tracked down from behind by Daniil Hunter. Is it the quarterback was down prior to the pass? Yeah, I thought so too. At the 47-yard line and clock's running and Justin coming up a little painful holding the groin area. Fourth down as they will punt the ball. Gill to set it back. Yeah, it was because he had his uh, thumb and his hand down at his groin area. I think most of us had the groin area problem after getting Timberland to the nuts again and, yesterday uh, for three hours and 15 minutes. And I'm glad Carmen and Yurko were playing that, too. That black, Throw it! Throw it! Throw it! I was, it, I was, it, it! I was in the car at that time, and it was like one of those Rocky movies where, you know, someone in Rocky's corner was Get like... Out! Yeah, and then they slow it down in slow motion. Get out of there! Like, Throw it! From- Throw it! 6.3 seconds. Throw it! Throw it! That sounds like Predator. Throw it! Yes, protect yourself. It sucks. It all stinks. Stinks. It stinks for him. Stinks for fans. It stinks for the team. You wanted to see him play out the rest of the year just to see how the rest would go. Mm. Not good. But he's got, like, and that's all we've said. Like, you've got to recognize you know, when to get rid of the football. I heard Shane uh, use the phrase this morning, and when I heard it, I go, you know what, that's a really good description. There's a lot of times when he tries to play hero ball, and there are moments where that re- the result is a spectacular play. And there are other moments like this, where he actually puts himself in harm's way by trying to do too much. Either throw the ball out of bounds, or Robert Smith diagrammed this play a number of times on the television copy. DJ Moore's running kind of like a 16-yard hook route. Just throw it. Step up and throw it. Yeah. Um, I thought throw it! I thought we saw times yesterday where... And there was some anger behind that, too. Yeah. Like, you hear that? Like, not only is he yelling and frustrated there... Throw it! There's some anger behind that throw it. Yeah, I think there was some indecision that was caused by knowing that the pressure packages were coming. So um, there was no progress yesterday prior to Justin getting hurt. I don't know what they were doing on some occasions with regard to their protection. You heard the coach say that they teach it one way. Well, it was executed in in another way, different than that, on a couple of plays that really turned the, the outcome of the game, I think, on its head. 
but there was nothing with that. They ran the ball well. I think this team does run the football well consistently. But the progress that we were all hoping for coming off of the win against the Commanders 10 days prior, it didn't happen. Yeah, and it's it's the frustrating part about Justin. It's the processing. It's the, the processing and the accuracy. We know he's super athletic. We know he's got the arm. We know he's got the leadership. We know he's got the athleticism. It's processing pre-snap, processing during the actual uh, action of what's happening during the play, when the eyes go down and they're not seeing, is he going from one read to the next read? All that stuff that other quarterbacks can can do quickly, he does it sometimes in slow motion. Nobody's telling anybody out there also it's just the quarterback's fault. No, Nobody no, is. no. But those it's, are but things that you are need issues to do that elite. you got to own. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the first play of the game set the tone, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. Somebody messed up. I mean, that's Somebody a, didn't acknowledge what the situation was. And I know that Yurko diagrammed it correctly. It's exactly what I was thinking. And I believe Jake or Meller even said when they discussed it, when the, uh, Coach Eberflus met the media before, that he kind of in an indirect way, as he does, described the same thing. It's WMVP Chicago, ESPN 1000, WSHEHD2 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie uninterrupted here for about the next half hour. 312-332-3776. Corey and Lombard, you're on ESPN 1000. What's on your mind? Hey, good show, you guys. You know, I appreciate the, the hard-nosed questions for Coach Nagy. I mean, Eberflus. Oh. But show, show some passion. You know, my son's 15, 12, and myself. Sunday is our day. It's the boys' day for the Bears. It's brutal by halftime. We're playing football outside. It's it's just it's horrible to watch. But I don't want him to be fired because I want the first and second pick. And I do have a quick question. What's the fascination with Caleb, Caleb Williams? Is he uh, Justin Fields 2.0? I don't see it. Uh, Caleb Williams is coming off a very difficult outing against Notre Dame on Saturday night. I get why the, re- the reaction would be. Yeah. I don't understand. I would say look at the body of work. I heard the guys talking about this a little bit today. Probably you could go back and look at some of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League and find a couple of stinkers when they were in college. You could see Justin's game against Northwestern. Right. Like they're, 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 I, I heard the guys this morning. Talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes' game, I think what was it against Oklahoma? I believe so. A yeah. four interception game. Yeah. There were many. There were many. Uh, the, the book on him on why he wasn't a top ten pick was because of some of the decision making yeah. he had and some of the you know Brett Favre type um, you know trust issues he had with the arm. Um, again, like I, I what. Well, uh, what I found very comical, and I tweeted about it Saturday, and I don't go out before I do pre- early pregame shows Saturday now. I stay in, school night. And so I was watching the game. Adult school night. And not drinking. The, the mentions and the rooting against Caleb Williams, I think, is one of the dumbest Chicago sporting things I've seen in my life. Well, you it's, would want a couple of can't-miss options, wouldn't you, if you were in possession of the first or second pick? I, like, again, like, you always talk about you want your choice between cake and ice cream, right? Or if you're going to a bar, do you want your choice of every alcohol possible, even if you love a good Manhattan? You know, you're a bourbon guy. Do you want every choice of liquor there? 
Or if you like pizza and you like sausage, do you want to just go to a place that only makes sausage pizza or do you want everything or whatever, like any sort of restaurant with appetizers? Do you want a place that only offers you one appetizer or 10 appetizers? I want at the end of the year the chance with four great options. I want a really great option in my own Justin Fields. I want Justin Fields to make it as hard as possible to move away from him. I want growth from Justin Fields, and I want to see that he is developed. And then I want, ooh, Caleb Williams is generational. And, oh, by the way, he's not the only generational guy. Drake May is really fantastic, too. And if, by the way, you're really convinced on Justin Fields, I want Caleb Williams to be great and I want Drake May to be great, too, because then if you choose Justin Fields, you can trade, if you have the number one pick, that for an even higher level. Instead, you got all these fanboys on Twitter saying, oh, I'm rooting against Caleb Williams because everyone's got a fascination in Caleb Williams. So I want him to suck. Are you really a Bears fan if you're rooting for that? How would you want your number one overall pick that could totally change the foundation of your franchise for years to come and how you build your team? There's no logic in that. There's no logic whatsoever, and you're rooting against him. You want his stock to to plummet.